This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Allbirds. I've been an Allbirds customer for years because their shoes look great, they're super comfortable, and they make shoes and clothes that are better for you and better for the planet by using revolutionary premium natural materials. As a runner, I'm also looking for a shoe that feels and fits great out on a run. And so I'm pumped to tell you about the Allbirds Tree Flyer. I have a pair and they are great. The Tree Flyer is lightweight, super springy and wildly comfortable making your running efforts of all shapes and sizes feel surprisingly effortless. They provide unbelievable cushion and comfort so even your toughest runs are easier on your body. I noticed from step one when I put these on they just felt great and that's thanks to the Swift Foam midsole. It's lightweight and big on cushion and energy return. I recommend these shoes because I wear these shoes. I have the orange ones Plus, they have loads of other great stuff, too. And they're hooking you up with a free pair of Allbirds socks on your next order of 50 bucks or more. Just use the promo code PICKUPTHESOCKS. Pretty good, right? Pick up the socks at allbirds.com on your next order of 50 or more, and you're getting a free pair of socks from those guys. Lace up the tree flyer and get running today at allbirds.com. That's allbirds.com. John Cox and his girlfriend, Becca, were staring at a bunch of race cancellations in 2020. You guys remember that time, right? They had cleared a one-mile trail segment on some property in Franklin, Tennessee, and thought, why not put on an event for our friends? And just like that, the Mid-State Mile was born. Three years later, and it's grown every year, including some epic battles lasting well over 30 hours. John joins the show to talk Mid-State, the ultra-running community, and survival rubbers. This is Pick Up The Six Podcast. Hey guys, Brian Jodis back again for another episode of Pick Up The Six Podcast. few notes off the top, and you just heard the ad for it, but man, what a thanks to our friends at Allbirds. We're so grateful for them coming alongside us here on the program. Remember, use the code PICKUPTHESOCKS, and you get a free pair of socks if you spend 50 bucks or more at allbirds.com. And it's funny, I've always had... The Allbirds wool, just casual shoe. Love them, super comfortable. Man, those running shoes, I was pleasantly surprised. They're they're super comfortable. They got trail shoes, so be sure to go check them out. And we're just grateful for their partnership. I'm going to be announcing a new partnership with our friends at Mud Gear here soon. So stay tuned for that. Going to have some promo codes to get some of their great gear. They make a lot of cool stuff for working out outside, getting dirty, trail running, obstacle courses, mountain biking, all that good stuff. So stay tuned as we release a new code for that. And we're going to release this Friday afternoon. So you'll be listening to this episode during the week. This Friday afternoon, we're going to put up a special episode for September the 11th, obviously, which is this coming Sunday. And we're going to re-air last year's interview with my good friend, Peter Blach. And you guys will remember, he was a New York City firefighter on 9-11-01. And he was there for every minute of it in the days and months to follow. So stay tuned later this week. We're going to re-release that episode. It's a powerful conversation and just about everything, right, that those guys went through on that special day. So we're just grateful for your support. Continue to like the show, share it, subscribe, do all the right, hit all, mash all the buttons. If there's a subscribe button, mash it. If there's a follow button, hit it. I mean, do all that for us and share it with your friends. It really does help us out as we're spreading this great message of service, purpose, and impact here on Pick Up the Six podcast. Got my man John Cox on the line today. John, excited to do this. He's the mastermind, the uh, the brain, the genius, the, the maybe diabolical genius behind the Mid-State Mile. <laughs> but John, what's up, man? Happy Labor Day as we record here on a, on a Monday. You and I were like, yeah. we're working today. 
It's all good. <laughs> happy, happy Labor Day. It's good to be here. I'm excited for it. We've had a few mid-state milers, right, mm-hmm. from your extended family on the show, John Gardena, who I think went down for the first time this year from Ohio, yep. made the trip down. Obviously, my man, Jeff Forrester, who's just one of the best connect- Good dude. Good dude. That Jeff He's a good Forrester. dude. Jeff Forrester is a good dude. He is a good dude. Uh, loved our conversation with him, and so just excited to uh, to chat with you, man. We've uh, we've built up a little bit of a relationship, and I'd call it a friendship, just through the beautiful thing about social media, man. It's we talk a lot about Absolutely. the pressures of it, right? Blessing and a curse, but I still hold firm that there's a lot of great ability to connect, and we've been able to do that. So it's good to have you, man. Yeah, good to be here, dude. This event, right? We're just going to jump right mm. into it. This mid state, yeah. Now. How long have you guys been doing it? Uh, Becca and I have been doing it for three years. Um, Yep, three years. So we'll be going. Did you guys start it up? Did somebody else start? What was the genesis? Remind me of the genesis story. So Becca and I put on the race together. She's my girlfriend, my partner, uh, my much better half. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of years ago, parks got overrun, society shut down. And she had some trails on her parents' property, the house she grew up in. And she wanted to go out and run them. And she wanted to have people out there to run. So we cleared the trail one day and had a few people out to run in a couple of weeks. And I think it was week two or three. Uh, our friends said, you guys should put on a race out here. And we said, okay. <laughs> and then it was, it was figuring out what kind of race to put on. And we had, we ended up with a mile of trail to work with. So our, I, Options are kind of limited at that point, you know. Uh, so we sell on a last man standing event. It's my favorite form of ultra running. It's my favorite race to kind of watch. Yeah. I think it's really pure and finding out how far somebody can really go. And so that's how it started. Just a group of friends running around a mile in their woods. And it turned out it, it was a difficult mile to run. And uh, that was a bit of a draw for yeah. some folks. I'm have you tell me all the logistics of it, right? The makeup of the course and all that, but take me back, right? So it was three. You've done three of them, right? Yep. So the first one was nineteen. Was the first yeah. one nineteen, or was the first one twenty? Twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty, right? Twenty. So it's twenty, 20 right? Yeah. So like everything's stopping. All the races are stopping. Yeah. Even outdoor races, which you go back in time and you look at it, you're like, man, probably didn't need to cancel <laughs> a bunch of outdoor events. But I get, I guess I get it. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but you guys are like, well, forget that. It sounds like you just kind of just started running it. And then it organically was like, let's make this a thing. That's exactly what happened. We cleared the trail in late March. And then we had our first, we had the race, you know, mid-June, Father's Day. Wow. The first one. So, yeah. So it was really quick. But, um, yeah, we were just running out there. That was it. And you should put on a race. And like you said, there wasn't a lot of other races happening. Um, And we said, we're going to do it. And so that's, that's what we did with a lot of, you're in the market uh, at the right time. Yeah. we <laughs> Did you clear the, the course in its current existence and it's a mile, mm-hmm. it's a mile course in Franklin, Tennessee, right? So just South of Nashville, I think. Did you yep. clear that course that you cleared? Is that what ultimately ended up being the event course? That is the course. So a long time ago, long is relative, but the property was logged off. And so okay. what the course runs on primarily is an old logging road back there. So it's super wide and flat and smooth, or it was. Um, and so that's kind of what we cleared. That, that makes up 90% of the course. Uh, there was a section of trail we had to cut in. 
so you didn't overlap, and then uh, kind of finished through the yard right behind the house. It's a real backyard event. Yeah, no, it's it is the ultimate backyard ultra, and these they're such great events. Uh, my buddy John Fry puts on an event here every December called the Oakwood Twenty Four. Uh, if you guys go to our YouTube channel, and I'll share the link in the show notes. We did a documentary from it a few years ago and going to go back out again this year because it's the five-year anniversary of it. And it's the same idea. They've got a two-mile, two, two-and-a-half-mile track through mm-hmm. this historic cemetery in Raleigh called the Oakwood Cemetery. It's a pretty cool spot. And it's also a really neat place to do an ultra because there's some added weight to running through a cemetery. Yeah. But it's the same thing. This one's 24 hours. They don't have any – it's a fundraiser, right? So they don't have any time – things it's not like you've got to go out at this mm-hmm. point it's just it just gets started and we'll see who's there at the end and he treated you know he's finished every year he goes over 100 every year he's had other guys do all those sorts of things but that's what's neat about him it, it just sort of starts up right and then it becomes a, a mm-hmm. thing so the first year right and it's this one mile figure eight sort of sort of loop tell, tell me tell me about the loop first describe the loop to me and then i want to talk a little bit about just how it's grown over the last few years so it is a 1.1 mile loop. It's a figure eight um, shape, more or less, and it comprises of two big climbs with 340 feet of elevation gain. And the grade on those two climbs is about 19, 20%. <laughs> so that's gain and loss. And runners have okay. 20 minutes to complete the one mile loop. Okay. Get back to the crowd and start the next next loop. Um, is it walkable 20 minute mile on a 1.1 with that kind of Ellie? Is it walkable yeah. to do the whole? If you do, but you got no time for rest and recovery. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you have to be walking with a little bit of purpose, um, yeah. you know. But yeah, you can walk it in twenty minutes. But you're heading right back out. <laughs> you're heading right back out. Back out. Take me back to the first year. How many people showed up? What was it like that first year in 2020? I think we had about 80 people, maybe right, right around there. Did you work the friend for network. The first Just year. I'm doing this thing, and here we go. Yeah, I mean, we we put it out there, and this is one of those you know, a uh, genius moments where the woman in your life is always right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I said, you know, first year races are really hard to do. We're not going to do a first year. We're going to do a year zero. We're going to cap it at 24 nice. hours. We're only going to let 50 people run. Let's see if this concept that we've come up with works. Let's just see if we can get 50 people we know to show up and run this race to see if it works. So we can really do it next year. Sure. And uh, Becca, Becca was in charge. Yeah. Becca was in charge of the ultra sign up and, uh, she said, hey, ultra sign-ups out. The race is live. By the way, uh, we're just going to send it. We're not, <laughs> not going to cabinet people. If we're going to be there, we're going to be there. And I said, right. okay. And God love her. She was 100% right. Did you response. cap? Did you still cap it on the time, though? The first one was 24 hours? No. No, it went uh, uh, 30, I think, the first year, right at 30. Did you did you and, cap it or, or did you get to 24 hours and, and a few guys like, we're going to keep going? We no, we didn't cap it at all. Okay. It was it gotcha. was it was a completely live. We're we're, we're doing this thing, and sh- and she was right to do it. And uh, the response from the, the community was great. You know, we sent out invites, people that we'd met, people we know, people we wanted to see run the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and those came back, and they were like, "Yeah, if you guys are doing this, um, Beck had sowed seeds in their altering community for for a decade or more." And and so, um, it was really this this network of people that you knew and met. And wanted to see run your your course, like <laughs> come hang out with me, see what I did. And so, fortunately, um, Chad Wright and Greg Armstrong were two of those individuals. Yeah. And the finish uh, the first year, yeah, right, right at thirty hours, was amazing. Um, 
I wouldn't have written it that way. And so it was, it was pretty awesome. And Those just, guys are complete hard chargers. You guys know Chad from the three of seven project, incredible Patriot, God, mm -hmm. man and human. How was the finish? Take me back to that first year. Cause it was, it was a duel, right? It was a battle. And that's the thing, you know, you, look, nobody was ready for it. You know, I cut mm -hmm. everybody's wristband when they don't make the time cut off. And I was not prepared. Greg Armstrong is a guy that I've looked up to since I started running yeah. uh, what he does in the world, um, humanitarian with run for water, mm -hmm. um, how he leads his cross country team, how, you know, the incredible ultra runner and just, you know, one of the best men you could ever meet. And he's, he's giving everything he has physically to this course and his body is kind of betraying him in the moment. And yet cool. he's still fighting to keep going. And it's like, Oh, I'm not ready. I looked around after he stumbled across the line and got up and just made the time cut off to keep going. I looked around, there's probably a dozen guys standing there in the corral and all of us had tears in our eyes. Mm. Like nobody could keep it in. <laughs> like they're just not prepared for the weight of that moment. It means genuinely nothing other than you see a man that is giving his absolute best everything that he has. There's not money on the line. There's not you know, all these rewards. It's just a guy out here giving his best because he has his best to give that day. And it was, it was just awesome. I mean, you it's know, one I of love, those things you'll never forget. You know, and it's, you'll never forget it. And you got this whole world going on. There's all right. Mm. That moment in time, that 30 hours that you guys are there, you're in your spot here. There's all these other things happening. Oh, yeah. And yet this remarkable, amazing thing mm. is happening right there in Franklin, Tennessee. Right to oh, see the, to see those guys and there's a couple of them right, but to see him what he has to battle through to finish it, it's just that's what I love about those kind of events. You know, there's just something really special about them, and I think humanity yeah, it, needs a little bit more of it. They do, and it's amazing because it you know, and you put on the race and that happens, and you think well, that's never going to happen again. Right, right. <laughs> and I then think you bottle have, that up. You have loops finish. You know, the way Luke and Chad went at each other the second year and the way Justin and Eric finished this year, it's the same thing. It's still, it's it's that moment that has just as much weight out of behind it, just as much emotion and, and just as much suspense as it does the first year. You're, you're just locked in and nothing else matters. Like mm -hmm. these guys are out here running in the dark. There's three people here to see this. And you think like, how is there only three people here to see this? And yeah. people are following along online. Yeah. They're waiting for updates. You know, it's, it's incredible. And it's not something that I ever thought I would genuinely be a part of. So it's always surprising and humbling to, to talk about it or think about it or, or especially be there in it. There are some people out there, not you guys listening, likely, and obviously not us, who would be like, you don't have to do this. Like, you could just stop. But for those guys, right, gals too, right? According to Alters of the World, there's tons of great female ultra athletes. Those guys and gals, like, they, they do have to do it. I think there's yeah. something in there about why they have to do it. It's pretty uh, humbling. Yeah. Yeah, once I think... I think when you can flip that switch and, and key into things that those guys have keyed into, those guys and girls, the the attitude or the idea that you can just stop doesn't really exist. Like you can't, yeah. you know, you can't, yeah, yeah. you can't just option. stop. 
Yeah. My hope too is that by watching those, because look, not your body can do things that you would never imagine it could, right? Mm -hmm. That's for all of you listening. Your body can do things, right? It just, it can, it's built, it's built to carry you. But even if you take a little bit from them, if you're going to do something hard or outside your comfort zone, and even if you can take a little bit from that and use it to push you a little bit more, right, to keep you moving, I think that's another beautiful part about it. It's like, oh, I remember them doing that. Let me go push myself a little bit extra. I bet you that's been a ripple effect from what you guys are doing there. Oh, absolutely. Everybody can have that moment in the moment they're in, right? Like everybody can have that moment, that finish. And, you know, we put on this race to, to see who can be the last man standing. But Beck and I always go back to say it over and over again. That's great. Like, that's what we were doing here. But that's not what we came here to do. We came here to have so that everybody can run as far as they can possibly run. So that everybody can do as many loops as they can possibly do. And whether that's three and you time out, that's all you could do. That's awesome. And you come back next year and you do five or six, mm-hmm. we're just as happy. We're moved just as much emotionally at three loops or six loops or 20 as we are, you know, the last loop that's ran that day. It means just as much to us as race directors mm-hmm. um, all the way through the field. What's your, what for you and Becca, what, what's your real ultimate purpose here? I, I don't think it's just directing an ultra in your life. <laughs> Um, just my suspicion. Yeah, I don't know that I, I, Becca has a five-year plan. You can, I'm sure she does. Um, our purpose is growth. I think our, our if you're going to say our ultimate purpose, mm-hmm. all, ultimate purpose is growth, growth in our own lives, growth with each other, and then and trying to help other people grow too, mm-hmm. um, and growing physically and emotionally and and mentally so that they can do these things in their life. Not for the sake of doing them. We don't run ultras for the sake of running ultras. We run ultras so that you have those tools that you use to complete an ultra for when life really gets hard and you got some mess to deal with. Yeah. Like that's what it's, that's what the growth is for. It's not just to run longer. It's so that you can manage the junk that comes up every day that weighs people down. I've talked about this a lot here. The more you put yourself in environments of what I, what we call high stress, low visibility. Right? The more you go seek that out yourself through events like this, or when we do those 16-hour Grow Ruck events overnight, there's legit high stress. There's legit low visibility. <laughs> By the way, when you're running that one-mile trail run at three in the morning, low vis, right? Your body's <laughs> under a lot of stress. But the more you seek that out, it's going to seek you out in other parts of your life, whether yeah. it be at work, right? Man, in your home life, I mean, it's going to seek you out. High stress, mm-hmm. low vis. How do you react? So go seek it out yourself, uh, and then maybe you'll learn a little something that you can take with you. What have you learned from from directing this thing for the last three years? There's got to be a lot of lessons learned that you've been able to fold into other parts of life too. Oh, man, I, I've I've learned one that people are people surprise me, and I'm in, I'm continually inspired by others. Um, yeah. I've learned that to help other grow others grow and be a part of that growth, that I have to keep growing myself. Like I thought I was committed to growth. And then you put yourself in that position, in that situation, you go, no, no, you really have to be committed to growth. Like, you can't let an area be stagnant in your life. Like, you have to keep pushing. So, um, 
and the people are willing. I think those are the things that I've learned most is, is that people are capable. I have to grow to be able to be in that position and that people are willing to grow. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I got to tell you, man, I think, I think the creator brought us together at the start of this week on purpose. So I'm staring down the Blue Ridge Relay, which is this Friday and Saturday. We start at 720, 208-mile relay race. I'm on a six-man team. Um, that's probably about the smallest team you'd want to be on, although I know some psychos who have done it on four-man teams. Uh, the six-man team on ours, each guy is going to run somewhere between 34 and you know, 36 miles. My total ends up being about 36 over the course of the day. And, and so I'm just <laughs> – I'm honestly just – feel very blessed to be able to talk to you about this because now I'm going to go into this thing on Friday when stuff starts to suck pretty bad overnight. I've got two overnight legs. Luckily, they're sort of my moderate legs. But even in those moments, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Remember all the stuff that we talked about? And I want to deploy some of that right now. And they've changed part of the course this year. So I know most of the legs having run the last four or five years, but my third leg of three is like a totally new leg. And it went from six miles up this one part that I knew pretty well to seven and a half of stuff I've never run before. So there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some discomfort in there. There's also going to be some mental stress of like, am I, let me make sure I'm in the right spot here. I don't know this route very well. <laughs> part of it's like a gravel uphill. That's going to suck. Um, yeah. So there's something in all that. I think I got 36 yeah. miles over six legs. It's going to be, it'll be a beast, but it'll be good. What an opportunity. Yeah. Sounds like a great opportunity. It's be great. Good weekend. Good It'll opportunity. Terrible. You get to run a new leg that you've yeah. never ran before, yeah. so it won't be boring. I like your attitude. Oh, awesome. The last leg <laughs> I have of this thing, I'm so fortunate. i got a great team. I love these guys. We're going to have a blast. And again, we I think we start around 7 on uh, on Friday morning. If you're going to the Blue Ridge Relay, let me know. Give me a shout, right? Because we'll be up there. My last leg of all six is nine and a half miles, like down a mountain, switchbacks on gravel. So I just got I just got to keep the brakes off for part of it. Maybe just fall down the mountain a little bit. Be all right. <laughs> Running downhill for that long of a stretch, Whoa. it gets old. The quads are going smokezilla. There quads, is there's two IT good bands. things, John. There's a creek at the end of that leg waiting for me. I'm going straight in it. And <laughs> there's a little uh, elementary school, and they've got a concession stand up there. And last year, they had some apple fritters in there. I'm going to smash. <laughs> That's a win. That's a win. Apple fritter is a weakness. And I said, I said, you got a microwave back there? She said, yeah. I was like, hey, hey throw that thing in the you microwave. There you go. <laughs> Warm apple fritter. So what does 2023 look like, right? Because you'll be back. This will be year four uh, of the oh. event. So tell me about. Because we're already looking ahead, man. Registration opens mm -hmm. one Jan twenty three, January first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We've uh, we're still looking. We've got you know we have a December race we're doing. We put on, so we'll get through that. Uh, we opened up a two hundred mile. Called? That is the Tennessee Mile, okay. and it's a it's a timed event. So forty hours, twenty four hours, twelve hours, six hours, or eight hours. Just run as many loops as you can. Nice. Um, we launched a two hundred mile event in March. You for 2023 well it's on a new course yeah you know, it's a two mile loop so it should be a little bit easier um and then yeah 2023 mid-state i don't know uh i'd like to see uh justin come back i'd like to see eric come back you know Has justin set a course record in 22 is that right what he yeah, justin with? and ultra justin dad and if eric. you're looking for him on instagram he's a beast uh 40 hours is what it took to win so, um, him and Eric Kinley, I mean, they ran 
They ran strong together. Um, I talked to Luke Boschweiler uh, after he timed out, asked him if he was going to come back this, this next year, and he said yes. I said, you just like you like running it? And he goes, well, I'd like to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'd like, I'd like to see Luke get a W. I'd like to see um, – I'd like to see 48 hours. I think that's Whoa. what we're really looking forward to next with Mid-State Mile is, is getting to 48 hours, two full days of running. Dude, that's awesome, man. I just put a hold on the family calendar. There you go. <laughs> Father's Day weekend. Got some logistics year. to work out. I think my bride might be traveling, but we got some logistics to work out to see if we can make that make that thing happen. Dude, I, 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 I already know the answer. But just tell me a little bit about just what the community's meant, right? This community that's grown over the last few years, it becomes almost like an annual family reunion. Absolutely. I mean, it it, it is. It, it's 100% family. And, and to, to see people meet each other face-to-face for the first time and to hug and to, to just get to share a little a weekend together and share some some of the, the in-person life stuff. And, you know, there's people I look forward to seeing every year. Um the, the people that God has brought into our lives, mm-hmm. putting this race on has been incredible. And uh, it's just, you wouldn't think about it. You know, you wouldn't think about what you need or, or, or who you need, but then all of a sudden you turn around and you've met somebody or there's somebody there that's been brought into your life for, for that specific person. And I think that's been really neat how God has, has crafted it all together to, bring people into our lives to help us do this. You know, we're not just doing it alone. We have a, a long list of friends to help us yeah. put this race on and the community that keeps coming back. You know, that's what the race is. If it was just Becca and I, it'd be Becca and I sitting in, you know, the corral. Uh, and I'd be blowing a whistle. That's, mm-hmm. that's not really doing anything for anybody. It's, it's everybody that shows up that makes the race what it is. It's those moments in the corral too that I think are, really can define what an event like this are like. You know, Jeff Forrester talked to me a lot about crew and Aaron Deanna a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And just those, there's a lot of great moments out on the course, but really the heart of those events, I think are made, they're made in the corral. They're made in the crews. They're made in the relationships that are built. They're made in the way in which people will put them, somebody else above themselves. Right? There's a lot of picking up the six that's happening if you're crew and a yeah. guy or a gal and they come in and they got a busted toe or the nutrition's not on point, you're trying to problem solve and help them figure stuff out as you're out there. That's where those neat moments I think happen. Yeah, and I think it's it's really uh inclusive to mid-state because it is a 20-minute time frame, because it is a one-mile loop, and you you see those people over and over and over and over and over yeah. again, and everybody's together, and that kind of separates it from a traditional ultra even a traditional last man where it's an hour, um, you know, you see them once an hour, you're seeing them three times in an hour. It really fosters that community. It really fosters that team aspect of it, that we're really in this together. And it brings all those moments, those low spots that usually happen, you know, way out in the middle of nowhere away mm-hmm. from everybody or yeah. maybe in the dark on your own. Those moments happen right there front and center in front of everyone well that's where those decision there's there's no hiding yeah 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 Yeah. so everybody might they might not come in at the same time but everybody's going back out at the same time so there's just a natural rally up every time you get Mm -hmm. there and that decision quit or keep going is happening right there right at that 20 minute mark to go back out yeah every time and that's you know and some people think they're not going to go back out and then the 
you know, the, the clock starts ticking down and they get up and, you know, Jill did that. Uh, Jill Dennis, um, the last woman that was in the race, mm-hmm. she, she was, you know, claiming hours before she was actually done that she was she done with the race. Yeah. I was like, no, you're not. You should probably keep going. And people were rallying her on and, and cheering her and getting her up and keeping her moving. And, um, and runners were doing that for, you know, at the end of the day, that's a competitor and you want them to keep going. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's counterintuitive to, to a competition. You see anybody eat anything weird out there? What's the weirdest thing somebody's eating at your event? Oh, I love to I'm, hear these stories about like, oh man, my secret, my, you know, my, I know Chad's thing is like, he just eats real food. This guy's tailwind, a bunch of honey. Greg, uh, a bunch of Greg Armstrong takes the cake on weird stuff. It was a bottle of Cairo syrup <laughs> the first year. Well, calorically dense, right? He's got a point. He's got a point. I haven't tried it, but the, the bottle of corn syrup All right. is probably That's his Earl. I, I need to put a little Earl in my bottle. <laughs> I like a uh, on the Blue Ridge. I love a good uncrustable, you know, throw a couple of uh, those are money. In the fr- right. Yeah, those are perfect. Throw those in the fridge or in the cooler. You're good to go. Hey, um, what the heck's a survival rubber? rubber? Uh, survival rubber. It is a <laughs> it's another thing waterproof you got going. Emer- it is a waterproof emergency fire starter. It looks a lot like a condom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you I keep it in your wallet. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, what's the... you keep it in your wallet pocket. I was looking, I wanted to start a fire and I want to be able to start a fire kind of whenever I wanted to do that. And yeah. to be able to start a fire, having good, reliable tinder is, is one of those key components. So I looked on the market to find something I could carry around every day that I could put in my pocket. I could flip in my cap or, or just have on me that wouldn't be bulky or cumbersome. And I didn't see anything out there that I liked. I didn't see anything out there that really fit the bill of uh, burning for five minutes, being waterproof, having a sleek package, you know, something that you could put in your pocket and genuinely carry every day. And since I didn't see one, I decided to make one. Um, so that's what I set out to do. And, you know, I just kind of had that thought, if you could put a fire starter in a condom package, you yeah. could probably be onto something. And that's, so that's what we did. It's got That's a great name. How does it how does it work? It is a uh, fiber and accelerant inside the package and it lights with a spark. You can hit it with a lighter and it'll burn for about oh. five, six minutes. Not bad at all. Tell folks where they can find out more, where they can pick them up. Uh, survivalrubber.com. You can find us on Instagram, Survival Rubber, and you can also search us on Amazon. We'll be happy to get it to you. Amazon Prime, two-day shipping. It looks exactly like what you think it would look like. <laughs> you don't even need a look like and go look at it and go order some guys. It looks exactly like what you think it would look like, which makes yeah, it the fun. marketing marketing's been fun. So yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. Survival rubber. What else you got going on? Tell me a little bit about higher ground. So again, I, I texted Forrester and Justin <laughs> Sheila. I said, Hey, tell me a few other things I could talk to John about. They said, You gotta ask him about higher ground because sounds like you guys are doing some really neat things, getting folks outside, engaging. Tell me a little bit about that. So Nathan and Tanya Hicks um, own a company called Higher Ground in Rome, Georgia, which is a nonprofit outdoor adventure company. And uh, earlier in the spring, kind of late winter, I was having a cup of coffee with Nathan. He asked if I would be interested in coming, coming on board and being an instructor with him. And I said, yes. So I've been doing that, doing that kind of a lot here mm-hmm. lately. It's probably going to be a busy schedule. Um, so, they 
ah, they take take people into the wilderness. Um, they do a lot of high ropes courses. What we do is is kind of varied on what needs to be done. So um, a lot of it is leadership and personal development, mm-hmm. team building, um, kind of exercising the fear muscle in a lot of situations, uh, teaching people some hard skills. Uh, this is kind of what you need to survive in the wilderness. So from backpacking trips to camp settings to high ropes courses, um, canoeing trips, they do rappelling and rock climbing and uh, paddle trips. They kind of do kind of do it all. And it's awesome to have been a part of as an instructor. Um, who, who's, to, the, who's sort of the market audience, right? Who are they, who are they hoping to serve? Um, I think it's kind of junior high up to adults. Is the target is the groups that I have worked with so mm-hmm. far have been junior high through adult, and adult is a really wide range. So yeah. it depends how adult you are. Something about um, putting folks at that age, specifically that junior high into high school, that formidable mm-hmm. age through some adversity. Yeah, maybe through some of those programs, like we talked about before, creating some of that for them, especially in this growing comfortable 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 there we go comfortable world of ours you know some do that i would i would guess yeah it's 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 incredibly rewarding and again it's one of those being a part of higher ground and working leading others it's it's forced me to come back and say you know what you need to grow and you need to keep doing this and you need to to not let these areas of your life grow stagnant and it's yeah and I'm, I'm hit with that every time I, I take a group, up, group out or I'm part of an activity. It's okay. How do I need to get better? What do I need to do? Like, where is, where am I being pushed in this area? But so as good as it is to lead people, it's one more thing that, all right, John, you need to grow yep. and you need to keep doing it. Yep. I love it. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you and also tell us when do they need to be looking, right? Mid same out there. Listen, like I want in. I'm a psychopath too. I want in on that craziness. Uh, tell us where they can find you, and then where we can find more information about the race. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at John Runs underscore um, Mid State Mile Tennessee Mile on Instagram, and then the registration ultra sign up goes up at noon on January one for the Mid State Mile 2023. So get up on one January. Knock out your first workout or run of the year. Start the year off right. Don't do any. <laughs> don't want to hear all this. I was too hungover on New Year's Day. I slept till noon. No, man. Get no, up. It's, get after it's gonna it. It's going to be too late. Yeah. Get yeah. Right. I'm sure it's going to go quick. Um, it is so a quick. It is. It is a quick registration. It sells out pretty quick. But if you don't want to wait for mid-state and you don't want to wait till January, if you got the bug now, we still have room for our Tennessee Mile race on December 5th. So you can head on over there, sign up for the Tennessee mile as well. Boom. Close your year out with that. I love it, man. Good. My brother, it's been a fun time doing this. I'm glad we were able to do yes. it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got me motivated. I was, I was like, uh, I'm <laughs> ready for the run this weekend, but I'm extra ready. There's yeah. no excuse now, but to go crush this thing after we just check it down. Cause you're like, you got guys out there run 40 hours. I'm like, eh, okay. They're yeah. 33 miles. I can drive around the mountains. Of, it's a beautiful run, man. We start in Highlands Park, Virginia, and in Asheville at Highlands Brewery. So you get a nice reward if you're into that sort of thing at the end. Um, and man, just a ton of fitness and fellowship, which is always a good time. And a couple of those legs are 
what I call a third F leg, that faith component. You know, I've had moments, man, you probably have too. And I know you're the folks that run that do where you just, you get a little time with the creator. You just thank them. Mm. Sometimes you get emotional. Um, I got to the top of, there's this one leg on the Blue Ridge, the first leg 31. It's one of two, what they classify as mountain goat hard. And the first mile is flat. And then you just had five and a half miles up 1400 feet of elevation, up some switchbacks and stuff. And I couldn't help but take a knee at the end and just kind of let it out a little bit. Stuff yeah. like that happens. Those are neat moments for sure. It's a, uh, you know, there's ultra running is just one of those things that brings up so much emotion. It hits your weak spots and um, tells you what you need to work on, where you need to grow. Mm. And, you know, mid-state specifically is, is, a, is a race where if you want to find out where the chinks in your armor are at, I think both as, as an individual, just with how you're handling stuff or as, an ultra runner, what you need to work on, mm. uh, that, that course in Franklin, Tennessee, it'll, it'll show you <laughs> everything that you need to see about who you are as You're an individual. Learn today. You're going to learn yeah. today. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. It's been fun. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah, man. I'm ready for it. Awesome. Right. He's John Cox. Thank I'm you. Brian Jodas. Yeah, man. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.